Welcome to another edition of the CD Business Edition. Today we are discussing a social enterprise, examining their model, and thinking of sustainable ways to run social enterprises. My guest for the first part is the founder of Kaya Childcare, Rose Dodd. She combines doing this with other things in academia, research, and also social outreach. Rose, great to have you on the show. Good morning. Good morning, Bena. Thank you. Great to have you. I've also been interviewing later Kojo Akoto Boating on the issue of generosity is co-founder of the generosity club who are developing a viable way of supporting some types of social enterprises to do more interventions but let's start with rose so kaya child care rose what's that um kaya child care is an early childhood development program okay. that's targeted at the um, children of kaya you under age six so kaya child care provides um um, care, daily care, so daycare through to kindergarten for all children of Kayayo. So long as you're a child of a Kayayo, you qualify to attend. Mm. Where did the vision come from and why are you doing this? Um, well, I lived in Medina with my family for many years and we live very close to the market. So, um, you know, I just, I guess one day just driving through the markets, we noticed the children. I think many times it's easy to not see the child, you know, on the mother's back. Um, so that's where it came from and just thinking how can we help the mother, you know, in her busiest the, you know, moments during the day, um, while in the sa- at the same time preparing the child to be school ready. So this is not the same as the market schools in the past. This is no, this is not the same as the market schools in the past. Um, it is a school, quote unquote, um, um, but it, the model is designed around the life style of the Kayayo. So it's designed such that the Kayayo can have some flexibility um, to work and also to travel back home whenever, you know, they need to. Um, and then the child will still remain on a, on track um, for their development. How does it work? The woman brings the child to the school in the morning and then they go to work or you pick them up? Just just talk about how a typical day a child childcare would look works. like. Yes. Um, so... We open at 7.30 a.m. in the morning, so the mother drops the child off at 7.30. So car child care centers usually like five minutes walk from the market maximum. The mother drops the child up, off at the center and goes on to work till the end of the day mm. and then comes to pick up their child. We feed them snacks and a, a full meal um, and then take them through a program, a curriculum, till the end of the day. When the so they are taught by teachers? Yes, trained teachers. Yes. But there are other women in the market who also could need this. So why is it just a Kaya Yo thing? So it was inspired by the Kaya Yo. Um, and we do recognize that other women in the markets need this as well. So we do make allowance for that. 25% of the children at the center are of other women in the market. So hawkers, people who sell food by the side of the road, um, just to keep the child out of the dangerous conditions in the market. What have you learned in running this for the number of years you've run it? How many years have you run it, by the way? Three years. Three years. I'm sure in running it, there were expectations and now things have sort of shown. Mm-hmm. Tell me a bit about what you've seen as you started this thing purely first as a charity mm-hmm. and how it's evolved yeah so um one of the things we've i have learned personally is that um you know regardless of income levels people do understand quality and they understand quality outcomes right so a kayo mother gets it that she wants the best for her child mm-hmm. um and so that's one of the things we strive to do make sure that you know whatever we are providing is equal to what you can find in any other 
any other um, daycare center or kindergarten. And the next thing that um, we've realized is that it's not that people deliberately want to not give their children the best. Many times the circumstances just make it very, very difficult to do that. So the, the, the mothers would have loved to even do regular schooling if it was built around their schedule. Exactly. So you are, you are solving that need within one particular market. Exactly. But as I was saying, there are other women who would need your service. So what other kinds of women bring their children to this place? To care, child care. Um, so we've had hawkers, like I said, um, and also we've had pe- uh, women that sell by the roadside okay. in the same area. Mm-hmm. Um, food, you know, the food seller, somebody roasting plantain. So, uh, and sometimes we even literally go to these women and say, you shouldn't have this child here with you. Sometimes you see a child by open fire. Um, we had uh, a couple of kids who came with burns um, because of, you know, being there in the markets by open fire. Mm. Um, so, yeah, those are some of the examples. So there's of, a normal kayayo, yeah. there's a hawker, and there's a seller, seller on, the on the street. What about working class women who probably work within the precincts of the market? Do they see your center as the viable place or they would rather go to a normal nursery. So yes, working class mothers around the market also see our center as a viable place. Like I said, when you walk into Kaya Child Care, there's nothing there that will tell you this is just targeted at Kaya mm. It's just like the ne- the Montessori school next door. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, working class women close to the market, low income, some even lower middle income want to bring their children. But we do have um, uh, a quota um, for people who are, for mothers that are not Kaya And that's, 25%. I mean, perhaps in the next two years it might change, but for now that's what it is. Um, so we try to serve those that need it the most. How, first. how do you fund this? Because you obviously have a building, mm-hmm. that is rent or built, I don't mm-hmm. know, and then you provide food. How, what's the model? Do they pay? Is it free? How does this work? Yes, they pay. So the, the, each mother pays a daily fee to bring their child and then they also pay an initial term fee now the kayo only pays 10 cities at the beginning of the term and then they bring little things like a tiny a little bottle of dettol you know the toilet paper etc um and then daily they pay three cities three cities a day a day for- that's what the kayo pays okay, okay? now the other pe- women who are not kayo pay at the beginning of the term 120 cities and they also bring, you know, the, the disinfectants, etc. Oh, wow. So a normal Kayayo pays 10 CDs. 10 CDs. But then a regular non-Kayayo pay yes, 120. CDs at the beginning of the term. That's 10? Wow. Yes. <laughs> it is. Now, we, we designed it that way. And they also pay daily. And yeah. when the, the Kayayo pays three a day, they, they pay, pay four like, a day. Oh, okay. Yes. So the daily fee is not that different. It's not that it's different. The one of payment. Yeah, that's, it's, that's a bit different. We designed it that way... Um, to match low-income private schools in the area, in, in Accra, really. So this is actually still about 20% less than low-income private schools. Did you learn that some of the Kaya would not send their kids to school because even the low-income private schools were prohibitive or it was just a question of location? No, it's it's prohibitive. I mean, for, it's for many reasons. First mm. of all, many Kaya don't understand even basic tree. Um, and secondly, it takes a while to explain to a mother what's really going on with, you know, the child's education. Um, this is why they have to come to school at this time. This is why they have to bring this list of material. This is why they have to do a homework, etc. Um, and it takes, like, it just, it takes a special kind of person or people to make that happen. A lot of patience, I mean, a lot of flexibility. 
but the system, the current, you know, early childhood system, um, is very, it's structured and uh, a bit rigid. Uh, and that, that makes it a bit difficult for somebody with a slightly different schedule to easily fit But can in. they afford the three CDs you charge them a day? Yes, they sure. can. They can afford the three CDs we charge them a day. There are some carrier who occasionally cannot afford it. Um, our policy is that you let us know and you don't pay for that day. So we've had instances where carrier haven't paid for maybe a week or a few days. They don't have, it's not a loan. They don't have to pay. They just haven't paid. So you call this a social enterprise. Why is it a social enterprise? Well, it's a social enterprise because we do collect, we do earn some income, some revenue, um, but the revenue is not enough to cover all of our costs. So we also support it with grants um, and donations. So you, you, this is heavily subsidized? It is heavily subsidized. Nice. Even the 120 So wh- where do you get <laughs> money from to, to run such a thing? Yeah, so, so far it's been um, a lot of personal funding, family and friends. And then we've received some small grants um, from some organizations. So you are the founder of this, but you don't run it yourself. Um, I'm asking because I know people who run social enterprises as their full-time work. Mm -hmm. You teach, you do other things. Mm -hmm. So how do you ensure that this is actually moving and running the way you, you the founders, Mm -hmm. hope, hope, hoped it, it ran when you founded it yeah so um i mean i currently don't run it myself but i did i did put in a lot of hours in the beginning the first couple of years okay. but then during that time also i was building a team so i run it with a team so i have teachers i have center management i have a board so it's not just you know it's not just me trying to you know make this happen because you know we also have to raise the money on the side so yeah talk to me about raising money doing a social enterprise how complicated is it what are some of the issues people like you deal with in raising long-term money to support good causes like this mm. so um long-term money means it's a little, a little bit more than you know just a little bit of money it's it's a significant uh, amounts of money um i think one of the biggest issues is documentation tracking your processes operations you know um oftentimes social enterprises don't treat the 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 organization as a business where they have to do bookkeeping you know keep records mm, you know get mm, financials mm, mm. and that makes it difficult to raise long-term financing and and even with us, you know, in the beginning, you, you we do we did all of this, but mm-hmm. you have to kind of build a little bit of a track record that you know how to keep records, you know how to manage fun, funds, even the little funds you have, before you can then go in to get some long-term funding. Mm. So a, a track record of good financials is key for people with serious money to consider investing in what you're yes, doing. Yes, exactly. But are you looking for just donors to give you free money or are you looking for investors to bring in some sort of equity to own part? Are you... What, what type of money are you looking for? Well, we are mainly looking for donors, um, grants, uh, funds, um, because it's not a for-profit, and so there won't ever be profit. <laughs> so investors will not get a you know a return on investment that money. I mean, you get a return on investment in the outcomes, you know, um, in education, short term and long term, mm-hmm. but not in cash uh, returns. How replicable is your model? You're running it at Medina Market. Mm-hmm. I know that place pretty well. Believe it or not, when I was, as a child, I was also at the Medina Market because my mom worked close to the market and I had to be with people who worked in the market for for, for some time if I went to Pukuan Nursery School. So is this a, a unique Medina thing 
or looking at the way you've done it for three years, this can be replicated across other markets? Yes. Um, so it's not a unique Medina thing. Um, it can be replicated across other markets. And it's actually something we are looking to do towards the end of this year um, uh, in Accra Central. Okay. Um, we've deliberately developed the model to almost be like a model in a box so that it's not doesn't have to be us replicating it. Um, someone else could replicate this. Um, and we've actually given some tips to other people who have come to us and said they want to learn how we okay. are doing this. Yeah. So other people can start in different exactly. markets. Exactly. Well. Yeah. And we, we've, you know, we have the, uh, the curriculum. We've, we've documented the curriculum. We have the processes, etc. All, mm. all ready to go. I know you're a researcher and a lecturer mm. as well. So my final question. So having done this for three years as an experiment, <laughs> what insights have you gained into urban poverty or the Kayo phenomenon or philanthropy yeah. or child delinquency? Because obviously it's a learning process. So I'm yes. sure you, you can share a couple of things mm-hmm. you've, you've learned along the way with us. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, one thing I've learned with, um, I guess, education, basic education, early childhood is, um, it's very, very critical. I mean, I think this is not, like, nobody will argue this, right, that it's not critical. It is very, very critical. Um, and yet, several children really are being left Mm. Um, undeveloped at the very early ages. Mm. I mean, there's, there's public kindergarten, and we know that, and it's free. You can take your child to kindergarten, right? But by the time a child gets to kindergarten, they're age five. They've gone past the first thousand days. They've gone past two years, and that's when some of the basic building blocks of human development happen, right? Mm. And um, so in many instances, it's a bit too late. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's not too late, it becomes even more difficult mm. to, you know, develop that child. Um, another thing I have learned, which has been surprising to me, and, you know, maybe I've just not looked in the right places, is it's been very difficult to find data. Poor populations, urban poor populations, like slum mm-hmm. areas, number well, of cryo. Ghana, Ghana Social Development Outlook, uh, the Ghana Standard Survey. Yeah. And then there are these population census, uh, local... Yeah, d- d- district level reports. I-, I thought those had. They they do have some information, but it's very very difficult to find detailed information, right, for specific groups of people. Um, so if you wanted to find out, for example, how many Kayayu live in and around Madina, in Madina, you couldn't get this. I have at least I haven't yet. If you know, if it's wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I haven't yet. And also another issue is Kayayu come and go. So there's a lot of you know changes. From what I've I've found, it's difficult because of the changes you know one month is a certain number the next month is a different number so it changes a lot um and also you know how many children are in that mix it's been difficult to get data on how many children are in that that mix so your planning can be hampered because of like so for example if you wanted to maybe there are seven markets in a, lo- in a locality you wanted to plan and build this you needed to know how many women would yeah. patronize it it would be almost impossible to get that information i wouldn't say impossible it's possible um, it's just hard <laughs> and takes some well, time. Thank you, Rose. This is great. Founder of Kaya Child Care, located at Medina. You have a website people can contact you on? Yes, it's um, www.kayachildcare.org. One word, Kaya, K-A-Y-A, childcare.org. This is the City Business Edition. We're talking about social enterprise and the business of funding and supporting them. When we come back, we'll be speaking to the co-founder of the Generosity Club which exists to inspire the culture of philanthropic giving with a model that could help solve people like Rose and other people's problems. Doing great things without all the money you need. Stay with us.
Welcome back to the City Business Edition. Today we're talking of the uh, social enterprise and thinking of funding models to make it work. And today I'll be discussing uh, a, a, a generosity model with a very interesting colleague of mine, Kojo Boatin, who's of course a member of my panel, who hosts this program many times. But in the first part, I spoke to Rose Dodd, founder of Kaya Childcare, which provides help to Kaya you mothers through their early childhood development center. They use a mix of things, including a subsidized fee for the women who come in and also other women pay a more realistic fee and plus donations from other places to make this work. Now, Kojo is the co-founder of the Generosity Club. Kojo, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bernard. What is the Generosity Club? So, um, the Generosity Club is um, an institution which we founded in 2018 to encourage people to give to invest in social causes now the reason why we did that was my co-founder and i we, we've tried to do a lot of things in the past the first music streaming website or platform that was built in ghana was built by my co-founder now if you look at the music industry and the value of the music industry and the fact that even in the ghanaian music industry we do not have a very strong music streaming platform that's competing with the international brands you know that we are losing out he's tried other businesses i've also tried other businesses over the past 10 years we've been involved with the ghana think foundation we've done a lot of volunteering and realized that there are lots of people with great ideas who have very good dreams and can create a lot of solutions to help us as a country but what they always lack usually is the support they need financial and then technical support so we decided to put together the generosity club to bring together people who are ready to volunteer time, number one, their skills, and also some money. So the idea for the first five years is to get a hundred of our friends to donate a thousand Ghana cities each year, which will go into a fund of a hundred thousand Ghana cities. And each year, we call for applications for social enterprises and startups with great ideas to apply for grants. Now, beyond the grants, each of the donors also sign up to also volunteer time. To be for mentors. example, mm-hmm. Rose is doing something great. We could have some of the donors donate six hours a week to go and help teach other schools so that her cost will come down. We could have someone build her a free website so that the money she has to invest in her business doesn't go into building a website or doing these things. We could have even someone doing all the PR stuff for her so she concentrates on her core job of building the business. So the Generosity Club is basically a movement of people who want to put their energies and their resources in helping to scale ideas and to support dreams. So this is interesting. So I thought it was just money. So it's money plus time and energy. Yeah. And it's not just a social enterprise. It could also be a startup. Yes, it could also be a startup because the the idea is that social enterprises are high-impact enterprises, but there are certain startups which are for profit, but also very high-impact startups, which when supported will create a lot of value within the spaces they are. Now, your your demand analysis is interesting. So we have social enterprises like Roses. A lot of them need support. They don't have time. They don't have all the money. Yeah. And we have small businesses. Mm-hmm. But supply side is interesting. You thought that you could find 100 people yes. who would give 1,000 CDs each a mm-hmm. year to support this. How did you come to the conclusion that there were people willing to do this and also we, volunteer six hours of we, their time we, we, every We work every in an interesting month. circle of friends and colleagues. So... Mm. Uh, I mentioned the Ghana Think Foundation. When Atu Ozanapia founded the Ghana Think Foundation about 10 years ago, mm. it was an idea. But it was an idea that was supported by a lot of young people. And over the years, Ghana Think Foundation organizes bar camps across the whole country. Mm-hmm. They do junior camps. They're catalyzing growth in a lot of spaces. 
And if you look within Ghana at the moment, a lot of the thought leaders, a lot of the digital um, um, movers and shakers were shaped through that process. Mm. That's a lot of value being created. Uh-huh. We, 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 we went to different schools. We've played in different areas. And you have a group of friends and, and, and associates who are also willing to help. Mm. So when you put this out, we registered this on the 28th of November in 2018. Mm-hmm. So sometime in March um, 2019, we put it out. So this is the Generosity Club. We put a form out. Mm-hmm. And about 120 people filled the forms. Online? Online. 120 people? Yes. To support? To support. Wow. Some pledging their time, some um, um, pledging money. And within 2019, we raised 25,000 Ghana cities. Seriously? Yes. We raised 25,000 Ghana cities. Wow. And in 2020, a lot of the people who just um, volunteered their skills and their time have also told us that they want to donate money so that we hit the target of 100,000 Ghana cities. Now, what we are doing now is to disperse the 25,000 Ghana cities. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you meet some people and you talk to them, they just need some 5,000 cities to buy a tool which will enhance their work, which Mm -hmm. will improve their, increase their productivity by say 500%. Mm -hmm. Somebody needs just you to sit them down and help them with their books and Mm -hmm. their business plan. Mm -hmm. Somebody needs some 10,000 cities here. So there are different levels of needs. So when the applications come in, and this is the interesting bit, we have a board. So when the applications come in, the board will look at all the applications and then we'll put all of them together and send to the donors. For the donors to have a say in which one they are interested in. So the donors will will have a say in which one they are interested in. And at at the end of the day, with the help of our donors, we are going to select the the, the applications or the institutions that are going to get the funding. Mm. But beyond the funding, we'll try to, as much as possible, help all the other institutions we couldn't give money to. So that everybody benefits from our unique pool of talent and skill. Because once we do this and do it right, we're empowering people's dreams and ideas to create viable businesses and social enterprises that will give value to the country and to humanity. I'm, I'm impressed by the approach because for a long time we've believed that Ghanaians don't give and that they only give to church. But I didn't know that there were Ghanaians willing to support not just with money and time and mentoring for good causes. Talking about the selection process again, you're saying the people who give the money mm-hmm. who decide which business they want to support. But what about in terms of the disbursement of the money? So if you have maybe 25,000 cities and you have 10 people applying, mm-hmm. now you probably can support only three. Yeah. What What are some of the things you look out for in a startup or a social enterprise that you say this one will qualify for support and that one would not qualify for support? So, so for now, we have... 25,000 we are going to give in the first tranche of grants we are going to give. Mm-hmm. So we look at the amount of money we have. Good. We look at your need. Mm. And then we look within us to see how, aside the money we, we have, mm. how we can help you. Mm. So there are some people who may come and maybe they need a computer. Okay. Maybe they need um, it's a digit it's, it's a it's a it's an analog business that wants to go digital. So mm. they need to 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 be digitally well represented. It doesn't require us to give you money because mm-hmm. you have different people who can build the various platforms you need for free. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who need training. We have bankers, we have investment analysts, we have scientists, we have educationists, we have different people from different backgrounds mm-hmm. and from different countries. That's the interesting thing. We we started generosity for Ghana, mm-hmm. but we have people in Nigeria who have donated money. We have people in Kenya who have do- donated money. We have people in Mauritius who have donated money. So we look at your need and then based on your need we give you the the help. Mm -hmm. Those whose needs are just financial Mm. we will look at your pitch Mm-hmm. And then we'll give you money as we can afford to give you. Based is there on a the balance f- between social enterprise and normal business? It's, 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 it's very democratic. It all comes down to the donors. So mm. once the purchase come and then we do the shortlisting, we send it to the donors and they vote. And everything we do is practically digital. So 
We are not accepting cash from donors. Ah. You go to the website. If I bring you 10,000 cash, you can collect. I'm just telling I'm just you the, the process we have at the moment, right? Yeah. We've not taken any cash from anyone. We, 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 we want it to be, you know, a very well-coordinated process. Mm-hmm. So you go to the website. You can donate any amount of money using mm-hmm. any platform around the world, whether Momo around Africa, mm-hmm. Visa payments, anything. Or you can d- do the USSD. Which is star four four seven star one zero six zero hash, and then you pay. Mm-hmm. Now every year we send, so we just released our annual report for twenty nineteen, cataloging where all the funding came from and what we've used the money for. And the thing is, we do not use the donations to run the the operations of the institution. So the f- the founders and the board members contribute money that pays the programs manager for generosity. So there's one program So there's somebody we've employed to do that and there are volunteers who also help so us. So your money doesn't do go into operational No. Expense. So if Bernard gave us a thousand Ghana cities, that thousand Ghana cities mm. is going to fund a project, mm. a high impact project that will give us return. So now you have 25,000 you want to give out but you definitely need more money now that you've come on air. How are you hoping to raise the next tranche of money? So we, we, we've sent a report for 2019 out. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we had 25,000 25, from 25 people. Now, most of the people who just decided to help us with their time and their skills and their other resources, non-financial resources, are pledging to give cash Great. to help. Mm. Now, beyond that, we also, if you're listening to us and you feel that you have a thousand cities sitting somewhere mm. and you can support... A thousand is the magic number. Eh? It's, it's, the, it's the magic you number. You want it to be straight. Now, the thing is, first five <laughs> years, we are being realistic. We want a th- hundred people to give us a thousand cities each year. Mm-hmm. Now, beyond the next, beyond that five years, the target is... After five years, you are going to raise a million Ghana cities. Because what is happening is that a lot of the people we even helped before we institutionalized Genocity Club, they are seeing a lot of growth and productivity. Mm. And some of the businesses are growing and they are also putting back. back. Wow. So we we believe that in five years, we can help some businesses Mm. find their feet and grow. And these businesses are also going to reinvest in the fund looks like you to have a, push you have, you have a plan. other people that's, that's quite innovative and this is going to go very far so just before we get into other conclusions how can people get in touch with you do you have some sort of website where yes you go to the generosity.club mm. the generosity.club mm-hmm. um, all the information is there if you want to just volunteer if you want to mm-hmm. donate you can do everything and our projects national or just a crowd for now national national the projects are national. Um, the, the, the thought was to empower Ghanaian businesses. And interestingly, non-Ghanaians are donating. And in, 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 in our minds, mm-hmm. we will expand to other areas in Africa. So let's assume Rose sitting here needed, um, I don't know, what do you need? <laughs> would, how would she access your money? So Rose goes to the Genocide.club. There's an application form. Mm-hmm. You fill the application you tell us about the institution you run or the project or the idea. So, so it's not just about project or idea. Idea. Okay. And you tell us how much you need, the resources you need, one, and the financial mm. bits also that you need. Mm. It comes to us, the board reviews it, the general donor pool also see everything that is coming and then we'll make a decision on that. But how do you track that money? So maybe Rose comes to you. Rose is good. But yeah. she tells you she needs 10000 to buy diapers and then she decides that no actually let me paint the front of the building because it's not looking nice 
How would you know whether she used the 10,000 to buy the diapers? Each beneficiary from Genocity Club is also getting somebody who would be attached to your business to help you, okay. to mentor you. They are not going to have any stake in your decision making, but, be but they are people with skills. So for someone like Rose, Rose is in this interesting area. Mm-hmm. And we have people who have experience and skill in this area. Mm. They'll be attached to your business to lend a hand to you. Mm. But you should give us regular reports of the progress of the business. We'll be requiring you to give us quarterly reports of the progress of your business. Mm. In the course of doing the business, if you hit a bottleneck and you may need more help, mm. you can request. If we do have that help, we will give you. Because, Bernard. So, these people monitoring, I'm just asking how you yeah. ensure that the money, I mean, an ME, how is the money is going to the right place and doing the right Okay, let me give you an, let me, let me give you a typical example. So, we have an ME specialist from the World Bank who is on our board. Hey, you understand? Now, 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 <laughs> the co-founder of Genocity Club, he used to be the head of recruitment for ALU okay. in Mauritius. Okay. He's now at the side business school in Oxford University. Mm. We've got um, other high-ranking people from the banking sector, from even from the public service. Mm. Because sometimes you would need insight into how certain things work in the public service. Okay. So you brought different people. So all these people are regularly reviewing your reports mm. and giving their inputs. We will not make decisions for you. Mm. We'll just help you with ideas and direction okay. to help you develop. We do not want to take anybody's business okay. or, 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 or dictate to them how they have to grow their business. Let me come to Rose. Uh, so would you, would you take advantage of this? Is this the kind of thing? Is this the kind of thing you are looking at in terms of... Yeah, we definitely would. Um, you know, especially since it's both getting some um, support with funds and then also some skills, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, we needed a bookkeeper. Okay. Um, you know, somebody to just help mentor the intern who was doing our bookkeeping um, and also even auditing. Mm. You know, when it was time to audit our financials, we had to pay for it. <laughs> you know, that's a bit a bit much for a social enterprise, right? That needs a little every bit of cash, right? Mm. So I think this would be very, very good help. Oh. And and it's it's and it's true, Ghanaians do like to give Ghanaians are generous, but there hasn't been very many organizations that organize the giving in a way that's easy and targeted and wow. tracked. Mm. So people, you know, haven't really mm. um um done that in the past but i think this is great we've had some interesting things today from the uh, founder of the kaya child carers dot and the co-founder of the generosity club my own kojo akoto boatin who's actually the one who hosts this show but today sat on the other side talking about his club so if we want to give money to you well how do we give you money you if you use a phone you can dial star 447 star 1060 hash it's, it's star 447 star 1060 hash right and then you can go through the processes to donate okay. or you go on the website the generosity dot club mm-hmm. the generosity dot club mm-hmm. you click on donate the, the the form will open and you can donate reason why we did this is to give different people the opportunity to donate through different means we also have an account with the fidelity bank ghana the generosity club account you you can um um, transfer money to that account and we account for every fund we get every amount of money we get religiously mm. and we account for all the activities we do so that donors will know how their money is working to save humanity and to make the world better thank you kojo and thank you rose that's all we have time for for today's edition of the city business edition brought to you by cal bank forward together we continue with kickoff stay with us